Last week we talked about what if I obeyed God? What if I just looked at what God said and then I did it? And then we looked at scripture after scripture where Jesus said, if you will obey me, this will happen. If you will obey me, this will happen. And so we went through that and we challenged you last week. We're going to challenge you again today. The question we want to ask today is what if I did what was necessary to get my personal financial house in order? What if I took the steps necessary to get my personal financial house in order? Now, you might be sitting here today, and you got your financial house in order. That's awesome. That's wonderful. That's great that you uh, have done that, and uh, not many people do that. And maybe you've done that because uh, God's blessed you with income that most people don't have. Or maybe you've done that because you've been very... um, Uh, strategic, and you've planned, and you've said no to some things, and you have embraced other things, and and you've embraced some principles. Maybe you've gone through uh, Financial Peace University, or you've gone through Crown Financial, and, um, and going through those teachings, you made some decisions, and you got your financial house in order. That's great. Now, what I would say to you who have your financial house in order is, is think about becoming a help to somebody else. Think about telling your story. Think about telling your story of how it was when you were in debt and what you did to get out of debt and how it feels now to be out of debt. And um, those things are, are really important, and here's why they're important. They're important because your story may spark that desire in someone else. Your story of financial freedom, <laughs> excuse me, may cause somebody else to go, you know what, I can do this. I can do this. So think about becoming one of our financial freedom coaches. Pastor Andy's going to be talking about that right at the end of the sermon today. So let's get into the Word of God. Some of you might say, I spend more than I make. I got a problem. Hey, listen, join the club. You're not alone. There are a lot of other people in our world today who spend far more than they take in. Spending more money than we earn is common practice in America. It is a very common practice with our government. But all you have to do to fix that is print more. Is that not right? Come on, amen. It all, that's going to work out great. That's going to just work out great. So, so we um, are spending more money than we're taking in, but not only is that true here in our country, but it's around the world. It's human nature to say, I see what I want. I want it right now. Credit's easy to get. I don't want to wait for it. I'm going to go ahead and get it. Credit card companies have simplified the process of borrowing money so much that it requires strict discipline to live only on the money you make. Spending money you don't actually have can become an addiction. And like any other, and I've I got to tell you something. I, I'm not being political. I'm not being Democrat. I'm not being Republican. But our country is addicted to spending more money than we're taking in. We're addicted to it. And, and we say, oh, we got to do something about this national debt. And then somebody goes, well, we're going to cut something you're getting. No, no, no. Don't cut anything I'm getting. You cut my neighbor all you want to, I still want my stuff. Am I preaching up here? Is anybody listening to me? Now, I know you're nervous about saying amen because you don't want the IRS to come after you. But anyway, uh, our country's addicted. 
People are addicted. Families are addicted to spending more than they make. So like any addiction, we have to face the reality of our problem. Amen. And we have to be immediately responsive in dealing with it. We cannot keep putting it off. The more we put it off, the more trouble we're going to get ourselves into. Admitting you have a problem is the first essential step for people who want financial freedom. you gotta, you got to step up. And here's what I hope this sermon will do today. you got to step up. you got to say, baby, you know, look at your spouse. We've got a problem. We can't keep doing this. We keep justifying it. We keep saying it's going to get better. But if we stay on the track we're on, we're headed for bankruptcy. We've got to do something. So you've got to own it. You've got to step up and do something. So in this message, I'm going to give you three simple steps toward getting your financial house in order. Now, before we start talking about these steps, I want to just uh, tell you that you're not going to need a pencil and paper to do math today. You know, um, there are classes on how to get out of debt, and you're going to do a lot of math in those classes, and it's very, very important. But these three things I'm going to give you today really have to do with how you're perceiving your situation, how you're looking at your situation. So the very first thing that we want to talk about today is you've got to trust God with his help and uh, to do this for you. You've got you've to say to God, God, I know that with your help, I can do this. Everybody repeat this after me. With God's help, I can be financially free. That rhymed. I'm a poet and didn't even know it. Okay. Matthew 19, verse 26. Matthew 19, verse 26. I need God's help. Jesus looked at them. Can we go back to that verse? I'm sorry. Go back. There you go. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is, but with God, what? What? Everything is what? Even you being out of debt. When I talk about being out of debt, you know, I'm not really talking about not owing anything on your house. I mean, that would be awesome if you did. But your house, you know, you could sell it and you'd get that money right back. Now, you wouldn't have anywhere to live, but you'd be able to get that money right back. So so there's different ways of looking at debt. And in the training we do and in the classes we do, all of that will be explained. But what I'm talking about is financially free from credit cards. Financially free from, from this little debt over here, this little debt over there, just wiping those out, you know, paying off that smallest one first and then take what you were paying on that and add that to the next one and then add it to the next one and we'll be happy to teach you all of that, train you to do all of that, be there to motivate you. Pastor Andy is going to come at the end. He's going to give you some very practical things that you can do here because here's a, here's a mistake I think a lot of churches have made. I think a lot of churches have said give. We want you to give. I want you to give. Everybody needs to give. Everybody needs to pay their tithes. Everybody needs to give an offering. Everybody needs to give to missions. You need to give. But you know what we haven't taught and shame on us? We haven't taught the part of the Bible that talks about how to get your financial house in order. Listen, so you can give. So you can give. You know, the church in a lot of people's life is just one more thing going, we need money, man. We need money. So we don't want to be that. Now, we're going to teach you what the Bible says about giving because if you don't have a generous heart, you're going to miss a great blessing. So we're going to preach that. We're going to teach that. 
But it is also our responsibility to teach you what the Bible says about how to get to a place where you can give. And churches, as a, as a general rule, haven't taught that. So pastor's going to come tell you that we have resources for you. We have classes for you. We have individual counseling that will cost you nothing. To sit, Somebody will sit down with you and help you get your financial house in order. So we're not going to stand up here and tell you give, 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 and then turn around and go, and by the way, you need to get your financial house in order. We believe it's our responsibility as your local church to offer you tons of resources and even personal encouragement, personal counseling, personal one-on-one getting together and helping you walk through that process. How many of you know, though, it takes longer to dig out of debt than to dig into debt? So we ought to be patient about that, but we'll help you. We'll help you. I want you to just think right now. I want you to just sit there and think right now how it would feel that if the only money you owed was for the place you lived, what, what if, think of, look, what if all you owed was for the things you drive and the place you lived and everything else was paid off? Think about how that would feel. Some of you are there. Some of you are already there. That's awesome. But it's a process. It's a process Millie and I had to learn. It's a process we had to, to learn to uh, change our lifestyle. So Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. And that's so important for you to grab hold of this because it is belief. It is faith that is going to cause you to keep going in this process when you feel like quitting. Find people who have gone from overspending to living within their means and get encouraged by their stories. You know, I... um, I was thinking about that very sentence in my sermon, and so I decided I'd go to YouTube, and I just put in stories of getting out of debt. Man, there are tons of stories. Dave Ramsey's channel on there has great stories of families who were in deep debt, and they just began to chip away at it, and it was slowly at first, but then it it got bigger and bigger because you take that debt you paid off and you take what you were paying on that and move it to the next one and move it to the next one and all of a sudden you're making big progress in a short period of time. I can't tell you the joy that was on the faces of these people. So we're going to hook you up with some encouraging resources. When you get discouraged and you will during this process and you feel like quitting, you've got to read and listen to those success stories over and over. You've got to commit yourself to working with a personal financial freedom coach. You need to join a life group. This is one of the reasons you need to be in a life group. Somebody was in the foyer today just telling me what their life group meant to them. It's, ho- it's a home group group that meets once a week or twice a month. And uh, if you want to get in one of our life groups, you can go online, bridgechurch.cc, and you'll see it there. But being a part of a life group, you'll have a group of people around you encouraging you and supporting you in this process. The motivation you will get from other people's successes is going to be one of the main keys for your success in this process. Because if you do not believe that with God's help you can do it, then you won't ever do it. But Jesus said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Let's go to number two. And there's only three. Are y'all excited? Number two, remove temptations to spend. 
remove temptations to spin. Look what uh, Romans 13, 14 says. But clothe yourselves not with new clothes from the mall, but clothe yourselves with what? Because he already paid for that. Amen? All right. But clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and forget about what? Satisfying your sinful self. I know, man, when you go buy something, you just got to high for like 30 seconds, don't you? I mean, you get a little drunk. You're like, whoa, that's awesome. And then the bill comes, and you sober up. You say, I got it on sale, but on sale ain't free. I got to tell you something, man. One of the reasons that I moved from three-piece suits to dressing like this on Sunday is because it's way yonder cheaper. You say, I thought it was all about being casual. No, it's about the money. Show me clothes that you don't need no money or much money. Uh, who's with me on that? <laughs> Man, I remember back in the day, buddy, <laughs> when I was here the first 15 years, I was a pastor of this church. I, I wore suits, and man, you know, you get up here, you get to preaching, you sweat in them, you, they get uh, uh, worn out quickly, and I'd be buying new suits all the time. And, and uh, I remember I'd, I'd go to Belk's or I'd go to, you know, Men's Warehouse or wherever, and they'd go, this suit is 50% off. I still can't afford it. Just because something's 50% off, that doesn't mean you can buy it. You can still afford it. It's not free. It's going to add to your debt. It's going to add to your output of money. I love what 2 Timothy 2.22 says. This is not going to come up on the screen. So if you want to write this down for future reference, he says, Paul says to this young preacher, Timothy, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Youthful lust. So when I remember when I was youthful, I remember that one of the lust was I want it and I want it now and I don't care what it cost. Now, a lot of us never grew out of that. But youthful lust, remember when you go to the store with your parents? Remember when you go to the store? How many of y'all remember Western Auto? Come on now, I got some old people up in here. That was the Walmart. Wasn't that Walmart? I mean, that was Walmart, baby. You go there, and I always thought it was the coolest thing in the world when you walk. They have bicycles hanging from the ceiling. And I was like, who rode that thing up there? I don't know how they did that. And I remember going with my daddy one time to get a bicycle, and I remember uh, walking out with a pair of handlebars, but, but grip. No, what? Handlebar grips. Handlebar grips. You got to start somewhere, you know? Y'all remember the handlebar grips with the stuff hanging down? You know, that would be kind of sissy now. But back in my day, it was really cool. So what does youthful lust, the Bible says run from it. Run from it. What? Youthful lust says I want that. Youthful lust says I don't care about whether it's affordable or not. Isn't that how kids are? They don't know where money comes from. But we do tell them this, it doesn't what? Boom. Immaturity says, I want it, man. I want it. Even if I don't need it, I want it. So get it for me. Get it for me. You know, 
this whole thing of um, um, removing temptations. Cutting up credit cards, listen, I'm all for that. Cut them up. The problem with that is they're so easy to get the next day. I mean, if you want a credit card bad enough, they're coming in the mail. And they say, well, if you got good credit, i got to tell you something. My son was in college. He owed me money, and I wasn't getting any payment, and they offered him a credit card. I go, you people don't know him. <laughs> and they went, no, but we know you, and if he gets in trouble, you'll pay. So it's just so easy to get in debt. So cut up your credit cards. That's great, but don't then order another one. Can I, just, can I just hurt your feelings? Can I hurt your feelings? Everybody say, go ahead, Pastor. I was going to anyway, but listen. When you got free time, don't go, don't go where they sell stuff. I know from experience. You know, and I know if you're here and you're in the retail business, you're going, man, you're killing me, Pastor. You can't. I know, listen, man. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, don't let your hobby be going where they sell stuff. Go to the park. You already paid for that in your taxes and you continue to pay for it. Just go to the park. Go somewhere. Find some places you can go and have some fun that's not going to just wring out your wallet and your purse. Don't go to the mall. You got a break at lunch. Go, I'm going to the mall. I'm going to cram something down my face and I'm going to the mall. Don't. Don't. It's like the, it's like the lady who uh, her and her husband made a deal that they would not spend over $50 without calling the other one and telling them. I think that's a good policy. And so one day he comes home and there's this beautiful dress laying on the bed. He goes, baby, that's a beautiful dress. And he looked at the tag. He said, oh, my goodness. You know we can't afford that. And she was crying and she was saying, I'm sorry. He said, why did you do that? She said, the devil. <laughs> the devil. The devil just came on me. He said, why didn't you tell the devil to get behind you? She said, I did. He said, it looked good back there, too. <laughs> you got to run. How do you get out of debt? Everybody say it. Run. Man. Run from the mall. I'm going to hurt your feelings. Stay with me. I love you. Because, look, this stuff I'm preaching on, right here, I'm struggling my own self. I struggle myself. I don't know whether y'all know it or not, but that thing in your house that's got them little round places on the top, that's a stove. You can eat at your house. I got news for you. If you'll learn how to cook, most of what you eat will be better than where you go eat. I'm going to tell you something right now, and I don't mean to brag, but I'm about to brag up in here. Ain't nobody in Goldsboro cooking steak like I can. No, you're not coming to my house. No. I'm just saying, man, learn how to cook, learn to make it delicious, learn to make food in a vent. Then you got to be careful about your weight now. But let me just say, and I know this pinches, but 
you ought to just write down. Here's what you ought to do. Write down, starting tomorrow, write down every time you eat out, every time you buy something to eat, every time you buy a snack, every time you buy a drink, every time you go out to eat, every time you eat lunch, write it down, and at the end of the week, you are going to be shocked at the money you're spending to eat out. I'm not kidding you. And I'm going to a conference this week, and I'm going to take a little cooler with me, and I'm going to put some water in it, and I'm going to put some drinks in it, and you know, I'm going to put some uh, the snacks. Uh, I'm back on the diet because I battle with my weight all the time. And so I'm going to take the snacks I can eat. And I'm going to try not to spend so much money while I'm going. You've got to be intentional about this. It isn't going to come to you. Getting out of debt is not going to come to you. You've got to go get it. You've got to go get it. You say, Pastor, I am working on it. I buy a lottery ticket once a week. And I know... <clears throat> Don't be buying no lottery ticket with God's money. <clears throat> I'm telling you, going out to eat, all that stuff. Matter of fact, I've got to be honest with you. If you want to get a shock about where you are financially, write down, write down everything you spend. I'm not talking about your regular bills and all that stuff. I'm just talking about your day-to-day work, riding around, you know, stopping here and there. Just write it down. Just write down. Everything you buy, just write it down. And at the end of the week, you'll go, man, man, I can cut that out. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings here who's in the coffee business, but ain't nobody make no coffee better than me. And it's way cheaper. And no, you're not invited to my house. Think about all the stuff you've bought that you rarely use. Can we have a confession moment right here? Because I'm going to raise my hand on this. How many of you have stuff in your closet you bought a long time ago and you've never worn it and never used it? Y'all get up here in this altar right now. (laughs) Get up here right now. And when you see it, you're like, what? Why did I get that? The devil told me it looked good from back there. How many of you know the devil's a liar? It didn't look good. And it looks even worse hanging in your closet with that tag still on it. So the key is to have a burning desire to want to curb your spending. Number three, last one, you got to say no. You got to say no. You got to just say no. You got, even when you're in a spending situation, when you're in a temptation, when you were in a temptation you didn't know you were going to be in, and all of a sudden you're there, look, you might really need that thing, but you don't have to have it. It might just kind of be nicer than the one you've got, and you're like, oh, what would it be like to have that? And it would be like more debt. That's what it would be like. So Daniel is in the lion's den, and they're bringing him food to eat that was offered to an idol in idol worship. And Daniel said, I won't eat it. I want you to look at the scripture that describes it. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel, come on with the yellow word. Daniel, determine. You've got to determine. That's the New Living. English Standard Version. Daniel what? Resolved that he would not. New American Standard Bible. Daniel made up his mind that he would not. And so we can all go to heaven when we die. King James Version. Daniel, you got a purpose in your heart. 
We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to buy it. We're not going to go there. So important. You know, again, just being totally transparent, I, I just battle with my weight all the time. And, um, you know, when your body says, Krispy Kreme, I love Krispy Kreme, it's of the devil. There's nothing good for you in Krispy Kreme. Nothing. It's not like, well, it's got that. No, it has nothing in it good for you. Now, can you occasionally reward yourself? Glory to God, yes. Cream-filled glazed, baby. Whole dozen. No. But when your body, when you say, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to lose weight, and your body says, Krispy Kreme, you got to say, no. When you want your marriage to thrive, and you and your wife, you and your husband, you're having a little argument, and you think of the most awesome comeback, and you feel like it's so awesome, it had to have come from God. It didn't. It did not come from God. So when you start to say it, because you know it's going to melt her face off, when you say it, you got, if you want a thriving marriage, if you don't want to be sleeping on the couch, you got to say to yourself, no. Ladies too, ladies too. You want to succeed in your career? You have to say no to being lazy. You want to succeed in your life? You have to say yes to hard work, which is something that uh, we're hearing a lot of things about today, people don't want to do that anymore, and they're being told it's fine. The Bible says you don't work, you don't. Manual labor is not a Mexican evangelist. <laughs> I tell you what, you let a, the Bible says you don't work, you don't what? You let your belly stick to your backbone, and you'll go to work. But what we do is you don't want to work, we'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. That's messed up. I don't care what anybody tells you. That's messed up. If you can't work, we can take care of you. We'll help you. But if you can work, get out there and work. Get out there and work. Don't get me started. Even when you don't feel like it. If you're successful, those of you who are successful in life, you got successful by, by, by working when you didn't feel like it. You got successful by working when nobody was there to pat you on the back and tell you it was awesome. You worked anyway. If you want to get out of debt, you got to say no to frivolous indulgences. Even when everyone else around you has them. John Maxwell says, in order to uh, be successful, do something you hate every day just for the practice. You say, wow, that sounds terrible. That sounds negative. John Maxwell is one of the most positive teachers, preachers you'll ever hear in your life. But here's what John's saying. John is saying that in order to succeed, you've got to do things you don't feel like doing if you're going to be successful. You got to achieve your dreams, you're going to have to pass up on a lot of cravings that say, get it now, get it now, get it now. You've got to have some delayed gratification. As I think about the areas in my life where I've had a little success, 
when I think about my walk with God, when I think about those times when I was able to lose that 30 pounds, when I think about those times when I got myself in better health financially, when I think about uh, my strong marriage, I ha it happened by implementing steps consistently, doing the same good, positive things over and over. When you look back over your life and think about the areas where you've seen growth and progress and accomplishment, think about this. All of these successes can be traced back to the fact that these achievements would never have been realized in your life if you had not consistently said no to some seemingly significant things. They were seemingly significant. But you've got to talk to yourself. You've got to say that is not a significant thing. I'm going to ask Pastor Andy to come out here and join me. And he's going to close the message with some really practical things that our church offers. But right before he steps up to the podium, I want to challenge you again. I want you to remember the challenge. Now, I've told you that God will get blessing to you if he can get it. Now, the only reason I say that is not to get money or get time or get talent or get uh, uh, energy from you. I'm just telling you, whether you're going to do it here at the bridge or whether you're going to leave us and go to some other church, God is going to bless you at that church if he can not only get it to you, but he can get it through you. He's going to get more to you if he knows he can get more through you. So on October the 8th, our Thursday night service at the bridge in Goldsboro, we have a Thursday night service. And on October 11th, we're going to take up an offering fit for a king. And we're going to give 10% that day. We're asking everybody who comes to the bridge to give 10%. Now, if you're visiting here, then you go do it at your church. If you're new to the bridge and you're not sure you're going to stay here, then don't worry about this. This is for our bridge family. Now, everybody's welcome to give, but I, don't, I want you to know there are just people we don't really expect to give because you're not committed here yet. But if you're committed, and this is your church, we're asking you to give 10% on October 11th in this service and in the 11th service. Those of you who already give 10%, thank you. Thank you so much. What I'm going to ask you to do is what I'm going to do. What Pastor Andy's going to do, you are going to do it, aren't you? Pastor Andy's going to do it. <laughs> we're going to give an offering above our 10%, a sacrificial gift. Millie and I have already talked about it. And God's working on us in that. And I'm going to quit praying about it because every time I pray about it, it gets bigger. So we're, um, we're going to do that. I want you to bring your family in on this. I want you to bring your children in on this. I'm telling you on that day, if you want to bring your children in the worship center, and I know this freaks people out, but you can because it would just bless my heart to see you walk up here as a family and, and you've prayed and you've talked to God and you all have come up with an amount and you give it as a family and give, you, give it uh, with your children, your spouse. Singles, you're a family. Singles, you're vital to this church. You might want to get with a few of your friends and pray together about this, or you, and you definitely want to get by yourself and pray and let God tell you. I want our students involved in this. I want our little children involved. And let's see what God will do, because last year you guys gave $200,000. And because of that, we were able to upgrade our campus in Goldsboro. We were able to majorly upgrade the children's ministry here at the bridge uh, in, in uh, Princeton. We were able to help a lot more people through outreach because of your generosity. So we're going to do it again October 8th 
and 11. Please be praying about that. Here is the awesome, brilliant, amazing Pastor Andy Stovall to give you more. Probably one of the most uncomfortable conversations that people ever have is about money and he can make it fun. You know, you're out here laughing about it and, and enjoying yourself. And, you know, just to reiterate what he spoke about, you know, the, the three things that we have to do. One, we got to trust God, right? We got to trust God. And then what's the second thing he said we need to do? Who took notes? Nobody took notes. You got to remove temptation. And, uh, and then thirdly, just say no. Now, how do we do that? And uh, he's absolutely right. So often what we do is say, man, you need to live debt free. You, you, you need to live within your means and don't spend money you don't have. And then we don't give you any tools or resources to tell you how to take that next step. So that's why I'm out here this morning. I want to tell you about some resources that are available. The first one I want to show you, I think it's going to come up on the screen. There it is right there. Um, I was broke, now I'm not. That is a website that is available to us. We went through uh, this uh, study last year. How many of you were able to go through that with us as a church? Go through, I was broke, now I'm not, or you were here when Joe was here. Um, that website right there has a ton of tools on it. It's got a budgeting tool and some other resources that are absolutely free to you, but you can plug in what you make on a, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, however you get paid. And it will give you percentages to get you on track so that you're able to save money, so that you're able to pay yourself rather than the credit card company. How many of you would like to do that? Not pay that high interest rate to them, but pay you. And then when you want that thing, you're able to go out and get it. That is a resource that's available to you. Another thing we have available is a DVD study. It's uh, the DVD study of I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. And we had a lot of our small groups that went through this. Um, we've got some new life groups that have just began, and they're also going to be going through this shortly. Uh, if we have enough people that are interested in going through this study collectively, we will offer this on a Wednesday night. So if you're interested in doing that and interested in getting involved and, and taking advantage of this resource, it, it teaches you about planning for your hopes and your dreams and your future, saving and debt management, investing, insurance, sustaining gains. And man, when you hear all of those topics, you just get excited. I mean, it's like telling you your favorite football team's about to play, right? No, it doesn't get us that excited. But I'm telling you, when you look at the effect that it has on your pocketbook and on your family and on your life and what you're able to leave your kids, it ought to get you really, really excited. If you want more information about getting involved in one of those studies, please send an email to me. My email is right there, andystovall at bridgechurch.cc. I would love to speak to you about that, love to get you connected. I mentioned life groups. If you're not in a small group here at the bridge, the way you get connected, yes, the first step, and I heard pastor share it, is go to the website. Go to bridgechurch.cc and sign up. Sign that form, uh, fill that form out, uh, hit send. It will generate a form that comes to me and some other folks, and we will get in touch with you. But then the next step, 
is going to group link. Have you ever heard us talk about group link here? The announcements about group link? That is basically your own ramp to small groups, okay? You sign up on that form. That gets your name in the system. You're on our radar, but then you have some responsibility. What we want you to do is come out on that Sunday evening, and it, there's another one that's going to be taking place the last Sunday in October at 6 p.m., We'll have uh, uh, the last group link of the year. We would love to connect you in a life group. You can get in this study there, or you can get in that study uh, in one of our existing groups. I'd love to try to get you placed. And then lastly, we have financial coaches that have been trained through this ministry. I was broke, now I'm not. Joe Sangle and his team. And uh, they are available to do one-on-one -on -one mentoring. You know, this is a very, very difficult issue, and we sit in uh, an audience this size, and if this is a real struggle in our life, here's what we do. We feel like we're the only one in that struggle. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. You know, Pastor mentioned just a moment ago, write down what you spend. Do you know how many people actually do that? Not many. There aren't many people that do that. You know why? We don't want to know. We don't want to look at it. Because it depresses us. And so then we are ashamed and we feel guilty and all these different things. And so um, we look around and think, man, nobody else is struggling like I'm struggling. So we don't talk about it. Well, we want you to get in a room with someone one-on-one -on -one who can have that conversation with you. Look to your left right now. Look to your left. Look to your right. You see those people beside you to your left and to your right? Guess what? They think about money, too. They got to deal with money, too. They don't get free Internet. They don't get free cable, you know, unless they're splicing in illegally, and then Time Warner's going to have a conversation with you soon, and I don't recommend you do that. But they have those issues, so I want to encourage you to get connected and get involved. Here are some things that we have to do, guys, if it's going to get better. What these studies, what these mentors will do for you is, one, they will, they will sit down with you and say, all right, let's take an inventory. Let's look at where we are so we can find out where we need to go, okay? You're going to take an inventory. You're going to look at the good, and you're going to look at the bad. How many of you know in your budget and in your spending plan, you do some things really well, and then you do some things not so good, Okay? And if you have no bad in your spending plan, then I want to talk to you when this is over because I want to figure out how you're doing all that. And then lastly, we need to admit that. We got to look at it and admit it. We got to get our head out of the sand and say, okay, I've got to do some things differently. I've got to make some changes in my life. What is the definition of insanity? For the sake of the video feed, you got it absolutely right. It's doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and expecting a different result. And so we cannot do that. We can't do the same thing over and over and expect to get uh, a different result. We're going to continue to get the same thing. So we have to do things differently. So that's what this is going to encourage you to do. This is a spiritual issue. And so we need to deal with it before God, and then we need to get 
somebody alongside us to help us. Now, you may be here this morning and say, you know what? Pastor said, uh, you know, it'd be awesome to get to the place where all we have was a car payment and a house payment. Some of you are sitting in here this morning, you don't have either one. Your house is paid for. Your car is paid for. And you may be sitting here going, you know, really? I got this. This is all stuff I'm doing, man. Well, let me ask you a question. We got the people that are in the struggle. We got the people that are in the trenches. Are you mentoring anyone? Are you sharing with anyone and giving anyone some insight and skills? We need your help. I want you to contact me. If you would be willing to be a coach, to pour into someone else's life because you are living this thing successfully and you've got your life debt free and you don't have a mortgage payment and you don't have a car payment, man, I need you. There are people in this church that need you to invest in them. We say here at the bridge that everybody has a next step. Okay, everybody. I don't care if you've been here for 40 years, there's something else you can do. And if you're in that situation, that's your next step. Man, how awesome would it be to give that knowledge and insight to someone else to help them know the freedom and liberty and peace that you live in each and every day. Amen. All right, so I know I've thrown a lot at you in a very short period of time. Would you stand with me and let's pray and we'll be dismissed this morning. God, we thank you so much for loving us the way you do. We thank you, God, that you don't shy away from the tough issues, and so we won't either. And we know, God, that when we talk about finances and we talk about money, that's not an easy thing to talk about. So, Lord, we pray that you help us. Lord, help us uh, take that inventory, look at everything with honest eyes, God, and then take the necessary steps, trusting you, Lord. God, I, I know in my own personal life, when I've struggled financially, it's been because of a lack of contentment. Because I looked around me and said, well, I need to have that or I want to have that. And then we go out and buy that thing and never use it. We, we, it sits in our garage or sits in an outbuilding or sits in a closet and it's never utilized and it's money that was wasted. God, help us to be content in, in, in the place you've got us, Lord, trusting you to propel us forward in your time. Order our steps, God. And Lord, if we're here today, it's not just in our money, God, but this is an issue of the heart. So Lord, help us truly take an honest look at our own personal life and not just ask God where am I with my money but where am I with Jesus where am I in my relationship with Christ and Lord if I need to make some changes if I need to take a step of faith and trust you God with my heart trust you with my life maybe I haven't even started a journey with God much less thought about my money as it relates to my relationship with God Lord, today is the day that I take that step. Today is the day that we say yes to you, Lord. If that's you this morning, I pray that right there, I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to say a prayer for you to repeat after me. I want you to pray that prayer in your own heart and say, God, I just come to you. I'm at the end of myself. Maybe my spending pattern is because of a lack of contentment because I'm searching. I'm searching for fulfillment. 
I'm searching for something that only God can provide in my life. And Lord, I am going to stop running. I'm going to stop making excuses. And today, I'm going to say yes to you. That's my first step. I don't know what tomorrow looks like or the next day, but today I say yes to you, and I'm going to trust you for my tomorrows, God. Lord, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.